0: We are in the Gospel of Matthew on this Easter day, the 28th chapter, verses 1 through 10. I invite you to listen for God's living word. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of the angel, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here for he has been raised as he said Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So the women left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers and sisters to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Galilee. That's where the white-clothed lightning-flecked angel, followed by the newly risen Jesus, tell both the two disciples named Mary, as well as the male disciples, to head next. Right after both the angel and the risen Jesus say those crucial words, do not be afraid, they also both direct them to get back to Galilee, to the place it all started. One quick aside, can't you just imagine that the angel just shook his holy head at those two guards who were so afraid they fell out like they were dead. It might be a bit of holy humor at work here, for I can just picture the angel rolling his holy eyes, looking at the two laid out guards before turning back to the eyes of the women, making plain the contrast of their different reactions. Look, Mary and Mary, unlike these two guys, you all do not need to be afraid. They didn't need to be either, but they're so wrapped up in suffering under the power of Pontius Pilate, they don't even have a clue. But the two of you remember, don't you, that you do not need to be afraid? Back to Galilee. A preacher friend named Michael pointed out we should not be surprised that this is where they'd all be directed. After all, it's right there in her name. The one we call Mary Magdalene was more appropriately known as Mary of Magdala, Amagdala was the first century Hebrew port city on the Sea of Galilee. It was a center of fishing commerce with the rest of the Mediterranean. So that tells us that Mary was from the district of Galilee, which means we can assume that she first encountered Jesus when he was rather early in his ministry, a ministry that started in Galilee after all. Many scholars are also pretty sure that Mary of Magdala was probably a wealthy woman who hosted Jesus and the other disciples whenever they were in the district of Galilee, as well as who helped support them when they were on the road. Furthermore, she's the only person that all four Gospels claim was present at the cross and the tomb. She's the only one that all four Gospels place on both Good Friday and Easter Sunday. In the Gospel of Mark, the risen Jesus doesn't even make an appearance, but Mary of Magdala does. So one thing we might take away from that, other than her clear devotion, is that getting back to Galilee is somehow critically important for the resurrection work of Jesus. But why? Why would the angel and the risen Jesus send Mary home along with the other Mary and the other disciples? Why would the risen Jesus send them back to the sea, where he first called many of them to drop their nets and to follow him? Why would he send them back to the place where so much of their shared ministry started? Was it because of all the other times Jesus himself went to Galilee in this gospel? Galilee is where Joseph fled with Mary and the child Jesus to escape the evil machinations of King Herod's son following Herod's death. After being warned in a dream, Matthew says, before narrating the Holy Family's trip to settle in Nazareth, a town in Galilee. And Galilee is the place to which Jesus returned after his baptism and time in the wilderness. He preached his first sermon in the region of Galilee. Furthermore, as we mentioned a couple of moments ago, Galilee is where he encountered his first disciples as they mended their nets. And finally, Galilee is where Jesus sought refuge when he heard that his cousin John the Baptist had been arrested. There's just something about Galilee, isn't there? What might it be? Why would the risen Jesus choose to send them all back to win and wear their time together started. Now, this illustration will date me, but how many of you have seen or heard the musical Jesus Christ Superstar by Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber? If you have, you know it's not one bit of an Easter story. Apparently, they did not want to have the show labeled as a religious piece, so they chose to end the show with the crucifixion. It's kind of an eternal Good Friday. But there is one song in those last 30 minutes that creates a space for Matthew's Easter to echo. The song happens between Jesus's two appearances before Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor with whom we spent an entire sermon last week. In the middle of the political maneuverings, the action moves away from Jesus back to Mary of Magdala and the other disciples. Jesus is just about to face the trial that will end with his death sentence as Mary begins to sing. The song is a simple one and one that Peter and the others will soon join in. It's called, Could We Start Again, Please? Mary Magdalene sings, I've been very hopeful so far. Now for the first time, I think we're going wrong. Hurry up and tell me. This is just a dream. Oh, could we start again, please? Peter joins in. I think you've made your point now. You've even gone a bit too far to get the message home. Before it gets too frightening, we ought to call a halt. So could we start again, please? Do you think this might be part of why the risen Jesus tells the disciples to go back to the beginning, to the place they all started together? Is he saying to them, yes, regardless of all that's happened, the betrayals, the denials, the fling, the fear, you can start again, please. That feels like grace, doesn't it? A second chance to try and be better. A second chance to try and do better. A second chance to attempt at growing deeper in faithfulness and more invested in discipleship, after all, It is what Paul claims for those who are in Christ. We heard it this morning in the traditional language of the assurance of pardon. Anyone in Christ is new creation. The past is finished and gone. Everything has become fresh and new. Please, you can start again. And yet, even when we have these moments to start over again, even when we hear this Easter promise of new creation, we also know we are not the same as we were before. Mary of Magdala sure wasn't. She had experienced too much. She, has wa- she had watched as her friends turned their backs on their beloved rabbi. She had seen the way the state and the religious authorities had conspired to have him lynched. She had watched his suffering, saw him take his last breath, looked on his, as his body was placed in the tomb, and now encountered him as risen. She was not the same person she had once been back in the early days of Galilee, where it all started. And neither was Peter or John or Jesus' mother Mary or any of the rest of the disciples. So perhaps Jesus' call to return to Galilee was not a call To go back to the way things were, to go back to who they used to be. Rather, perhaps it was a call, an invitation to move into a new now, even when in the midst of the old familiar. Might it be that the risen Jesus is sending his broken, complicated, betraying, denying, scattering disciples back to where it all started in order to say something like, okay, Now you know that death will never have the last word on your life. Now you know that even though all the suffering under Pontius Pilate and all the other powers and principalities is still at work, you also now know they won't have the final say. Now that you have encountered me again, just as I said you would, are you able to see the world differently now through Easter eyes? Was Jesus telling them, now that I've promised to meet you back there, back where it all started, but never again the way it was, can you see yourselves differently now through Easter eyes? Might Jesus have been calling them, inviting them to claim the truth that they had been changed By all they had seen and heard and encountered, a call, an invitation to claim a new kind of hope and a fuller sense of freedom, yes, by God's grace, they can indeed go back to where it all began to start again, please, but they can do it differently now. They don't have to be the way they used to be. They don't have to be afraid all the time. They don't have to cower under the power of Pontius Pilate or avert their eyes to the suffering of others. They don't have to go along to get along. They don't have to quiet their voices when they see injustice and oppression. They don't have to sit down and shut up. They don't have to make peace with the way the world is. They are, as Paul promised, new creations. They are Easter people now. The risen Jesus has changed everything, including them. Did you know that maps of the first century Jerusalem disagree about the exact location of Golgotha, the place of the cross and the tomb? And yet one thing those maps do agree on is that Golgotha and the tomb were north of Jerusalem, which is where Mary and Mary of Magdala would have been going to and from to get to both places. But then the district of Galilee is even further north of where the cross would have been located, as well as the tomb. That means that Mary and Mary of Magdala, along with the rest of the other disciples, would have had to pass by both sites on their way back to Galilee. They literally could not get to Galilee without having to confront all they had been through in those last few days. To get back to Galilee, they would have to walk by the places where they had betrayed him, where they had denied him, where the men had fled from him, where the women had waited by him. There was no way to get back to where it had all started without having to acknowledge all of the horror and violence and fear in which they had all participated and some endured. And yet, Jesus' call to go back to Galilee meant they could still start again, please, as those who were forgiven, loved, and freed. They could still start again, please, with new courage and a fresh commitment to being Jesus' living body in this world. They could still start again, please, as people with Easter eyes and Easter voices and Easter lives, they could still start again, please, because they had been changed, changed by Jesus' earthly ministry, changed by their encounters with him as they watched him always move first to those who lived on the fringes of power, changed by his willingness to suffer and die rather than fight back with violence, certainly changed by the truth that he made good on his promise to defeat the power of death and to return to them, changed by the fact that the risen Lord wanted them to start again, please, and promised them the holy power to do it. Each and every day, a new and fresh beginning, another chance to be faithful. Another chance to be courageous. Another chance to stand up. Another chance to raise a fist. Another chance to make good trouble. Where is your Galilee, dear friends? And are you ready to live your own Easter new beginnings starting today, please? You, too, are not the same as you were. You, too, have seen too much lived too much, experienced too much, but just as He did with those first disciples, the risen Jesus will meet you in your own Galilee as well. For you too can start again, please. For the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. We're going to do it again. You know this every Sunday. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. One more time. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.